church. We're the church. We the church. Tonight, listen, we've been talking for three weeks so far. Uh, we decided to take some time just to let you know who we are, what we do, what we believe. And um, we believe every year that's kind of like uh, an awesome thing we get to do is kind of remind everyone. And, and really what it's for, it's for those who, who have kind of just jumped into our church, right? Those of us who are kind of just testing the waters a little bit. Hey, what is you guys really about? Like, what are you guys really doing? And if you're here and you're testing waters, I just let you know we're, we're always here for you. We're never closing the door on you. You're always welcome here. Anybody believe in that? That the church doors are always open to no matter who you are, no matter what you believe. Keep coming. Um, so this sermon series is for those of us that kind of just kind of new to church. And um, this sermon series really is to show you the ropes. And then for some of us who've been doing church for a little while, um, this series should serve as a reminder to who we are and a reminder to where God's leading us and a reminder to how God's calling us to live. Can I get an amen in church tonight? Amen. So tonight's one of those responsive messages where we're doing this together. I want you to write the sermon title down, and it's We the Church. We are an atmosphere of transformation. In the church, there should be an atmosphere of transformation. I want you to write in your notes. I want, if you're taking notes tonight, man, there's a seat for you in heaven. God has an immediate passage for you straight to the kingdom if you take notes. And, um, yeah, we believe in taking notes in church. Here's why. Because sometimes you forget the word. Anybody sometimes, like, leave church like, wait, what did he say? And um, notes is to keep you, kind of keep you rooted and to keep you down, keep your thoughts together. And, um, man, an atmosphere transformation. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. And listen, if you don't hear anything tonight, you should catch this. The church has an atmosphere of transformation because the church is filled with the presence of God. Do you guys catch that? The church has an atmosphere of transformation. What does that mean? Listen, when you come to church, I don't think the goal of the Holy Spirit is to just make you feel good. I don't think the end-all, be-all mission of God is to give you goosebumps on a Friday night. I don't think the task and mission and, and, and kind of purpose of, of gathering in a church, just a church room like this, in a space like this, I don't think it's just to, to make you even weep sometimes. I think that God is actually calling us towards transformation. Anybody believe that God's calling us to transformation? God's calling you to growth. You see, we, we are not a meeting-focused church. We're a mission-focused church. We're not focused on, on the things that build the service. We're focused on the God who transforms lives. We're focused on the presence of God that can literally turn sinners into saints in, in one decision of a prayer. So, so, so us as the church, we're always, always aware that there's an atmosphere of transformation. Here's what I believe, that people come in with their heads down, they leave church with their heads up because God's done something in their life. You come in broken, you come in with all these things on you, but you leave a completely different way because the Holy Spirit is on you and with you. You may come in and you feel depressed and you may feel discouraged. Man, there may be something heavy on your heart, but when you step into the presence of God and in an atmosphere like this, things have to transform. That's what God wants to do. I heard this once. I got to say, God loves you enough to meet you where you're at, but loves you so much more to move you forward. Yes, yes, he loves you where you're at. Yes, he meets you where you're at. Where does Jesus meet you? That's a fun church word. Jesus meets you where you're a sinner. 
wherever you struggle, wherever you fail, wherever you can't meet the quota of just righteousness, that's when Jesus steps in. He says, listen, I forgive you. I erase these things. I'm, I'm actually going to make you right in this equation. I'm going to do what you couldn't do. I'm going to bless you in ways you can't be blessed on your own. I'm going to provide for you in ways you can't provide for yourself. I'm going to do something not to just make your situation better, but to make you better. You see, Christians so many times focus on everything around them except for themselves. Lord, can you bless my, my family? How about, Lord, can you bless me to be the difference in my family? Lord, can you bless my finances? Lord, can you learn? Can you teach me how to budget? Can you teach me how to save and not just be, a, a, you know, just be frugal with what you've given me? You see, a lot of times, Christians, we, we're always pointing and putting blame for the reason we're not growing on other people, on other things. But, man, it's time to take responsibility. It's 2018, y'all. If you're not growing, maybe you're the thing in the way. It's time to stop eating baby food and start, it's time to start eating some real food. It's time to, it's, it's time to go through some, some growing pains, right? Man, I don't know about you. If you ever felt literally your, your legs grow overnight, how many of you guys ever went to sleep with, like, growing pains? Like, your knees hurts, your elbows, like, you're literally just growing. I remember saying, my mom, mom, my knees hurt. My knees hurt. She's like, Bobby, you're growing. Just to go through it. You're growing. I'm like, okay, I love it. Keep coming. Man, I want you that. It, it, growing pains suck, but it's so worth it because I'm going to be better. I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally going to be a different creation. And, and, and that's, that's the thing of the church, y'all. Always remember that God's calling us to be different. God's calling us to transformation. You see, it's, very, it, it's literally the salvation prayer that should be the model of our life, right? That, 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 that eyes would begin to see when they, when they confess that Jesus is Lord. That, that blind eyes will be unlocked to see Jesus for who he really is. And Jesus is always leading us to transformation. Let me read you some Bible verses. Philippians 4, 6 to 8. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Verse 7. And, and I love this. This is what the Bible does all the time. It tells you what to do, and then it says this is what's going to happen. Verse 8. Sorry, verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Y'all, this is why we pray. Although, although people go through serious moments, although there may be some things in life that hit you so hard, you don't know how you're going to last another second. Although sometimes situations happen and God allows us to go through storms and God allows us to go through moments that we probably don't see ourselves getting on the other side of. He, I love verse 7 because he says, listen, be, be strong, be courageous. Come on, be consistent. And in verse 7 he says, listen, and the peace of God will go with you. And it transcends all understanding. Meaning, yeah, the peace of God is something you can try to comprehend. But in moments of turmoil, in moments of you not knowing how you're going to get through the storm, how you're going to get through this moment, how you're going to get through the pain, how you're going to get through the suffering and addiction. Although sometimes we're called to conformity, Jesus is always leading us to transformation. And the Bible says that God says the peace of God will be over you. The peace that transcends all understanding will always be with you. That's when people, you know, invite me to these places to speak and invite me to pray over people. Hey, we got a prayer petition. I'm always walking into dead places with a smile. I'm always walking into broken situations with a smile. Hey, pastor, can you pray for her? She's going through so much. I walk to her smile. I'm like, you know what God's going to do, right? 
Oh, man, can you, can you pray for her? She's going through a tough time. And, man, it would be so easy for me, right, to be like, oh, man, man, we're just going to pray that God does something. We're just going to be on hopes. You know what I'm saying? The Christian life is not one that is mere and fearful and timid. No. But Jesus says, listen, you're called to be courageous. Be bold. Take the gospel and go throughout the world and baptize people. Come on, we're called to bring not negativity but positivity to the world and optimism and hope, and faith. And, and all these things are characteristics of transformation. Transformation isn't always an easy process, but transformation is always worth it. And, and, and if we're going to be the church of transformation, we need to confront the elephant in the room. You see, the first thing that stops you in growing may be a pattern that you have set before you that is literally leading you to failure. It's like you're trying to expect different results doing the same thing over and over again, the same pattern. I want to talk about patterns for a little bit. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the, the renewing of your mind. Let's read it again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the, the renewing of your mind. Listen, as a, as, a, as a preacher, whatever whatever you want to label me, I got to confront the elephant in the room. Listen, there is a pattern that the world is setting. There's a pattern that the world maybe hasn't even instilled on you. Let me tell you something. Do you know 91% of America think that, thinks that the church is anti-homosexual? That's, that's the pattern. Right now, the pattern of the world is Hate the church and love your flesh. Hate the truth and find your own truth. H hate the things of the Lord and literally run in the opposite direction. And there is this pattern that sometimes we even allow to fall into our Christianity. Sometimes it, it seeps over into our beliefs. Where we believe that God can do a miracle, but we're kind of doubting him because the world doesn't believe in our God. And, and, and sometimes, listen to me, the patterns of this world can rub off on your transformation process. I'm called to grow. I'm called for more. I'm called to literally be transformed. But, 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 but the other end of transformation is conformity. It says, listen, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My first point tonight is this. Listen, patterns will always prohibit growth. A pattern will always prohibit your growth. The patterns of this world, man, they will lead you not to, to, to finding yourself, not to inner peace. The patterns of this world will lead you to death and destruction. And, and, and it's the truth. You thought sin, you see, a lot of us think sin is pushing, pushing, pushing God away. Right? That's why some people say, hey, I can't go to church yet. I need to get my, rid of all my sin. There's, there's a pattern this world says, if you're going to be in front of a holy God, you, you need to get rid of all the dirt that's in you. You need to remove it. You need to remove that pattern. You, you need to do something. But the truth is, our transformation process begins when we let go of our will and we give it to Jesus. 
Our, your transformation starts at the altar when you say, God, I give myself to you. I bow my knee to you. I bow my will, Lord. I take your son. I believe. Come on, how many of you guys made that salvation prayer before at the end of the service? Raise your hand at me if you've ever made that prayer before. Come on, anybody saved in the room tonight? Come on, we've made that decision. We've made that prayer. And often, the pattern of the world would always try to confront your transformation process. So, so, so how do I break a pattern? If there's a pattern in this world that's rubbing off on me, what do I do? Listen, I'm going to give you some advice. To break a pattern, you need to establish a new one. To break a pattern, you need to establish a new one. You see, God does not change. All those seasons change. All those times change. God does not change. There are some things that will always work when it comes to God. You see, God is attracted to the humble. God is attracted to worshipers. God is attracted to prayer warriors. God is attracted to those who seek after purity. God is attracted to those who have a heavy heart. God is attracted to those who fear him and love. God is attracted to those who are taking the love that he's given and are actually distributing it to others. You see, the things of God have never changed. All those times are changing. The, the things of God. See, God, he works in specific ways. He likes things to be in specific manner. Listen, you're either serving me completely or you're not serving me at all. You're either loving me with all of your heart, with your love on the line. Come on, with arms up and arms out and worship on 10. You're either loving me wholeheartedly. You either got to be cold. You either got to be hot. But the Bible says if you're lukewarm, man, you get my stomach growling. I like, I like it this way, and I like it that way. And listen, if you have a pattern that is not pure and holy, maybe it's time to start walking in transformation and not walking in conformity. You see, when you're charged for growth, you're going to have a, a split in the road. Are you going to conform, or are you going to transform? That's my next point. You're either going to conform or transform. That's my next point. You're either going to conform or transform. When you're, faced with, when you're faced with an issue, when you're faced with a, a moment in your life where you're called to grow, you're called to transform, you're either going to settle for less or push towards the things of the Lord. You're either going to settle or move forward. Settle or move forward. I remember in high school, I, I really thought I was like one of the dudes that dressed really nice. I loved dressing up. Man, how many of you guys really love fashion and dressing up and shopping? All right, three of us. Awesome. Cool. Anyways, I remember one day I show up to school looking like it was, you know, Wacky Tacky Tuesday. Like, I had, like, all these different patterns on. And uh, I had, like, these African sneakers on and, like, army pants and, like, a tribal shirt. And I had, like, it was just terrible. I remember somebody came up to me and said, you got too much patterns on. You look hideous. I was like, dang, thank you. But at the same time, here's what's in my mind. Here's in my, I know all these articles of clothing look nice. They just don't look nice when it's all together. Like when one pattern with like a white tee and like white sneakers is cool, right? But when you got a pattern from your hair to your ankles, I mean, you know, zebra shoes, you got giraffe socks, you know, you got cheetah print shorts, you just look like a mess. You see, a pattern's awesome when it's by itself. 
A pattern is always more approachable when it's not mixed in. And what God wants to do is he wants to transform you all by himself. You see, sometimes we come to God with a little bit of transformation from the Bible and a little bit of what our best friend thinks that homosexuality should be like. We come to God with a little bit of the Bible and a little bit of, a, you know, just money hungry. We come to God with just a little bit of Bible and a little bit of bad theology and false doctrine. You see, listen, a life submitted to God is a life completely submitted to him. That's how it works. And God wants to take your life and he wants to transform you. Literally, as you move and you grow, the Bible says we are a work in progress. God's calling you to grow. And God's calling us to build an atmosphere of transformation. You see, atmospheres of transformation, they set the way for expectation. Imagine walking into a building where everyone's just kind of waiting and expecting for something to happen. Walking into an atmosphere where people are like, listen, I'm going through the worst moment of my life. I'm going through the best moment of my life. It doesn't matter because God's still the best thing that ever happened to me. And he wants to do something in me in this season. I just want to continue on this thought of patterns. And I want to read to you Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, the Bible says to think about these things. Think about these things. Think about these things. You see, transformation starts with the mind first. How many of you guys know that? And if you don't know, your mind is so powerful. But before you move, your mind tells your body to move. Before you act, the mind tells your, your body to act. Let's put it this way. Before you sin, your body is, is, is being told what to do by what? By your mind. And you know what? So many people are walking away from the church because they probably succeeded in the wrestle with the devil, in the wrestle with temptation, but failed the battle within the mind. See, so many people have so much passion in church, but they don't last long because the enemy didn't attack them the way he thought he would. He attacked them with their mind. And when you begin to live a life of sin, when you begin to walk in a pattern of sin, it's not God that walks away. It's your heart that gets hardened. So now that worship song that used to get you a couple months ago is now just uh, Christian karaoke. has no effect on you. And did God's power get less? Is God walking away from you although you're sinning? No. God's everywhere at once. He's omniscient. What happens with sin is that it covers your heart and it hardens your heart. So now what we have to now pray for you isn't deliverance from demons but a sensitivity to his spirit. Because what was once a soft heart open to God is now a hardened heart. That's why sometimes in worship we say, Lord, can you break the walls down if there's anything in the way? Can you just send a message straight to me? And, and, and that's what transformation starts with. Transformation always starts with the mind. And that's what the Bible says. Listen, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are stuck in a pattern, how about you try a new angle and tell God to start renewing your mind? Isn't that a prayer? Lord, can you guide my thoughts? Because if you think of that sin, that pattern that you keep slipping into, listen, you're slipping into that sin because you're thinking the same way. You're, you're slipping into the struggle because you're thinking of the struggle. You're, you're slipping into 
things that are evil because you're thinking of the things that are evil. But my Bible says, listen, whatever is true, think about it. Whatever is noble, think about it. Whatever is right, think about it. Whatever is pure, think about it. Whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, only think about these things. But when you think about the sin, when you think about the flesh, when you think about that thing, when you think about that guy, that girl, you begin to act on your thoughts. So Jesus is saying, listen, I can heal your heart. I can heal your body. But if I'm going to transform you, how about I start with where everything starts at? And that's your mind. You see, I heard once in a rap song, it slayed me. It said the devil's playground is boredom. I don't know how to feel about that. I'm like, is that theology? Is that, is that like the right theology? But man, I, I, I'm kind of jumping into it. Because don't you do the dumbest things when there's nothing to do? Don't you think, don't you think the weirdest things when you're not thinking about anything? It all starts with the what? With the mind. Your mind leads to actions. Your actions don't lead to thoughts. And Jesus is saying, listen, I need to transform my church. I don't want my church to look the same as the world. I need my church going in a new pattern. I need my church moving in a new direction. I need my church moving in a new heartbeat. Man, if I'm going to change the world, man, I have to have a church that has an atmosphere of transformation. You shouldn't be all right if your friends haven't grown in three months and you've been going to the same church as them. If you've been going to church for months and your friend still talks the same, you need to have a conversation. And that's when you disciple your friend. Like, dude, is God really in you? And I'm not judging you. I'm walking with you. You see, before truth, there's grace. And, man, I've noticed that, that maybe in your walk, you're not taking God that serious. I've noticed in your walk, maybe you're not having this personal thing going on right. Because if, 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 a, if a relationship with God is honest and true, if a life is completely submitted to God, listen, there must be transformation. There must be transformation. And as the church, we are always forcing and pushing and promoting an atmosphere of transformation. That people aren't just coming to Jesus, but they're actually walking out and being Jesus being followers of Jesus. And here's the truth. Grace isn't for sinners like them. Grace is for sinners like me. If you're the type of believer in the room right now that's ready to point fingers at everyone who hasn't transformed yet, I think the first step of transformation has to happen with you. And man, what if people came to church? See, here's what I believe. Listen to me. This summer, we're going to grow in an exponential rate. We're going to be making some switches to our services. We're literally going to be doing some we never tried before. We're going to try it this summer. And, and, and we want you to pray with us. We want you to believe with us. But more importantly, we want you to transform with us. I'll try this side. We want you to pray with us. We want you to believe with us. But most importantly, we want you to transform with us. Transform with us. This is like I missed it the first time. I won't miss it the second time. I want to read to you a verse. And this is in the book of Numbers. And um, up until right now, it's probably one of my favorite num- uh, verses. It's actually not on the screen, so I'm going to read it to you. Can you write it down if you, if you want it for later? It's Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. So the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. It's not on the screen, so you're just going to have to hear me kind of read it. 
It says God. So it talks about the, 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 the nature of God. And this is awesome. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Ready? It says this. God is not a human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? What the writer is saying here is, listen, you think God is actually not going to act on what he said he's going to act on? You think God doesn't keep his promises? Listen, the writer reminds us, listen, the, the God we serve is not human. He doesn't wake up one day and feel like not saving us and feel like not healing us and feel like not transforming us. I love what Andrew said, but God's always with us. We're always on his mind. He's so in love with us. He is so infatuated with you, so infatuated with you. He's looking at your sin, and he's like, listen, this is chump change compared to what I have for you. This is just a little fix. This is just a little pleasure compared to the beauty and the majesty that I have ahead. Although the pattern always seems hard to fight, the power of God will break you through more patterns than you think it would. There should be an atmosphere of transformation. Listen, that God's voice and God's word does not come back void. Listen, if God said he's going to heal your land, God's going to heal your land. If God said he's going to bring your family to salvation, man, get ready. Get the altar ready. Get the baptism pool ready. God's going to bring your family into salvation. If God told you he was going to heal you from that sickness, listen, get those doctors ready. Get that doctor's note ready because you're coming back to work. Make, make sure you make arrangements because, listen, when God speaks, his word does not come back void. Man, if he says that he has a place for you, that he's prepared a future for you, that what he has for you, his plan and purpose for your life, you can't even imagine. Imagine it. You can't even come up with that stuff. Man, if God said it, man, God is going to keep his word. He is not a human. He does not lie. He doesn't get moody. Man, God is calling us to transformation. Because it's when we transform that God can do more in our life. It's until we transform that God can do more in our life. How can God bring you to a place that you're not ready to walk into? How can God give you a blessing that you're not ready to handle? How can God move in a way that is actually going to hurt you instead of heal you because you are not in the right state? But God wants to transform us by the renewing of our what? Of our minds. He wants to transform. Listen, church, we should always be promoters of transformation. You want to be the best believer ever? I hope the people around you are being transformed. You, you, want, to be a good, you want to be a good believer in Jesus? Push people towards growth and not stagnation. Man, you want to be a difference maker in your world? You want to say, God, use me, use me, use me. Okay, God's going to use you. Are you ready to push people towards growth and push people towards wisdom? Because God is leading us to transformation. God loves you enough to meet you where you're at, but he loves you enough to push you towards something better and to push you towards something greater. Come on, every head bowed, eye closed. Everyone really silent and still, nobody moving. Every head bowed, eye closed in this moment. God wants to transform you. And listen, transformation... It's not like a light switch. Transformation is a process. Transformation has a lot to do 
with you being worked on, with you being pruned, with God correcting and cutting out the fat and cutting out the wrong and cutting out the ugly. God is shaping you into who he's called you to be. We are the church, and this is an atmosphere of transformation. Every head by every eye closed. Imagine, imagine if 30 sinners walk into this room tonight all at once. And instead of a church being intimidated, instead of a church being scared, instead of a church judging, imagine a church with the mindset of transformation looking at these people walk into the house of God and say, listen, you have no idea what God's going to do in your life. Man, this is to somebody tonight. You have no idea how God's going to transform you. You see, an attitude problem is nothing against God. A heart of greed, a heart of lust, it's nothing compared to the goodness and power of God. So, Lord, we love you tonight. Lord, your church has an atmosphere of transformation. And we're not going to conform, but Lord, we choose to transform. Lord, help us step by step in this journey. Because God, we can't do this on our own strength. Come on, the Holy Spirit's in this room, y'all. place, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to make a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus, if you want to get saved, Baba says, listen, all it is to be saved, all it means to be saved, all it takes is just one prayer, one decision. That's why as a church, we believe everybody's one step away from the life being turned completely upside down. So tonight, I want to give you an opportunity if you haven't said yes to Jesus. If you've never made that decision tonight for the very first time, if you want to get saved, every head by every eye closed. I believe we're most from the house, but if you're here tonight and you want to make a decision, don't let this moment pass you. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you want to get saved. I just want to identify you in the room. On the count of three, come on, courageously and boldly, if that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Ready? One, unashamed. Two, not afraid. Three, if that's you, you want Jesus, raise your hand. You want to get saved tonight. Amazing. I see one hand. Awesome. Go ahead and put your hand down. Amen. Can we pray together? Someone say, Jesus. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I choose you. I choose life. I choose redemption. I choose you, Lord. Write my name in the book of life. Walk with me. I pray, Lord, that this church will be the avenue that you transform me. In your name we pray. And all God's people said.